This is the Cypher Podcast, where we'll be diving into various gaming cultures, checking out some games, talking to some gamers about their gaming experiences. Cypher, Africa's ultimate gaming podcast. So, hello everyone and uh, welcome back to the Cypher Podcast. Today we're here, we have Haven uh, Chibuka from RDM Gaming. Let's have him introduce himself. Uh, pod, uh, this is a podcast. Podcast, what's going on? Uh, Ivan here. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, super hyped and stoked to see that you know Cypher invited me for this one. I'm uh, 22 years of age, born and raised uh, in Kampala, mm-hmm. Uganda, and uh, yeah, I'm just uh, trying to see what we can do in the gaming space. So I'm the founder mm-hmm. of Arudem, which I think is yeah. Uganda's first professional gaming and esports brand. Uh, we've been at this for about three years now. Um, most of most of you guys, I think, who knew us before, um, know us uh, under the Navi banner. But then uh, we recently just rebranded to Arudem, and yeah, we're just kind of you know building as we go. Yeah. Ah, okay. All right. All right. Nice to have you. Thank you. Yeah. So you guys have been doing this for three years. Yeah, for about three years now, bro. About three years. I feel like at the start we're more or less just trying to understand and see what more we can do. We've just basically been experimenting for the past three years and just trying to understand the space, trying to understand uh, what you can contribute to the space and what you can offer. So, yeah, a lot has, I would say a lot has mainly been around um, understanding the space and trying to look at what concepts to apply, just trying to do it right and, you know, learn from all the various stakeholders in the space and just make the right decision. So, this year being our third year, I feel like, you know, transitioning into our fourth year, I feel like we're now more confident about the decisions we are to make and we are making. So, yeah, yeah. that's like, that's like a basic background of how our past three years have been just wow. basically experimenting and testing and trying out. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean, guys still view gaming as more of a pastime or a child's hobby. So it's good to see at least guys are out there showing us, yeah, this is an actual career path. Actually, I think mm-hmm. I, well, I didn't catch your, uh, your, I didn't catch your what? Your panel on uh, Twitter, but I saw the, I saw the what? Oh, I just, yeah, I yeah. saw it on Twitter. Like, yeah, <laughs> you guys were talking about uh, whether gaming can, esports can be a viable career path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because everyone out there, like in South Korea and whatnot, even South Africa mm. here, guys are actually out there making money mm. from gaming. So I'm like, why not here? Why not the rest of Africa? Why can we not mm. change that perception of gaming? You know? Yeah. I see. I see. I see where you're coming from. And it's, uh, mm. it's a tech that has two sides to it, in my opinion. Yeah. And it takes you to mm. kind of look at it from, you know, aspects of uh, you know, not just being passionate about something, but also uh, practicality, the practicality of something and something you're trying to build. Um, I mean, you can all be yeah. passionate about gaming and all and, you know, love that. We love the craft and love the industry, but you kind of have to look at it again from a practical standpoint, you know, applying a bit yeah. of uh, yeah. business knowledge to it versus just, um, oh, this is my passion. I just want to do it. Because at the end of the day, there's... Yeah. There's this big pillar. I think one of the things that's between us and our dreams is sustainability. You may be passionate yes. about something and have a, you have like a massive dream and you really want to go find it. But then question always is how, how best can you sustain it? And I keep saying this, yes. I feel like the sustainability in this industry isn't talked about a lot. 
we talk about so much around the problems are facing. We talk around, uh, uh, much about um, the good, the, the, the good that is esports or what we want it to be, and we talk about um, yes. getting people invested, getting people involved. But we never really talk about the, how to sustain this thing and how to sustain the industry and mm. how to a product within the industry and you know find the best ways of sustaining yourself and your company and your maybe your skill sustain yourself as a gamer some of these things are really costly yes. i mean uh playing call of duty and creating code around it you're looking at um i would say a two thousand dollar budget worst like that's something you you <laughs> kind of have to search raising yeah. you know? so such figures are not triggers just picking and you know i just pick up and you know invest you kind of have to have a sustainable plan once i return on investment so i think to yeah. cut the long story short gaming as a career is um viable um you just have to look at it from um a diverse angle and make sure that uh you see you see the various points of entry you know there's, there's not only one point of entry of all money friend participating in the industry be a gamer you know you can basically yeah, that's true. You can look at other avenues. I mean, for example, what you're doing, you have this podcast that you're running. You know, there are various other avenues that now someone can dive into the industry. Uh, you're looking at production, you're looking at editing, you're looking at film and photography, you know. Yeah. Uh, you're looking at the, from the finance department, you're looking at, I look at it from like a law perspective and getting lawyers who need around gaming and, you know, work on player contracts and all that. Like, you come up with a law firm, literally someone could come up with a law firm and, they really understand how global the, the global gaming industry is legally and then start crafting that yes. locally and start pushing out content, just sensitizing stakeholders and whoever wants to partake in the industry. I feel like, you know, those are positions people can come in and start feeling, you know, because the default is, yeah, if, you want to, if you want to be part of the gaming industry, wake up tomorrow, get good at the game and start making videos, you know? Okay, guys. so you've been doing RDM for three years. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. I would like to know personally, like personally as you, Ivan, a bit of backstory. How did you get into gaming? How did you come to think that gaming is something you should be doing? Like, it's not just a passion, it's a calling. I feel like that, that, that to me happened like three years back, really. I didn't think that gaming was something I was going ah. to like pick up and keep doing and, you know, just keep pushing. Yeah, because mm. if you look at uh, a majority of my high school time, I was really invested in traditional sports. You know, I was playing a bit of badminton here and there. I was really big on basketball in the in the later stages of of uh, my high school, and I really went hard on it. You know, because I remember yeah. uh, I did play like various leadership roles within uh, basketball and badminton at the same time. So I think I was massively invested around okay. like, the traditional sports, and from even a, like, ah. a branding perspective. Um, uh, you know, now we have like this esports brand. Initially, the first one of the first brands I worked on was like a rugby brand, of which rugby is massively mm. traditional concept. So yeah. that to me kind of, I, I don't necessarily have like that much of a weighted gaming background. Um, I did double down when it came to gaming, uh, you know, during my early youth stage. It's something that I really wanted to do, but maybe never got the opportunity to. So by the time I hit high school, sports came in and, you know, just took me and, you know, I was more invested in that than I was even in gaming. So kind of, you know, with, with, with all that, I would say that uh, me getting into gaming was me looking for uh, an opportunity for me to apply a concept that I had picked up from uh, 
the sports entertainment industry, uh, basically things like the WWE and pro wrestling, you know, because I was so amazed by the fact that, you know, these guys were able to act this up, but again, still pull audiences. You know, they're able to give us that thrill of sports and make sure it has a lot of depth in terms of storyline and, um, you know, just mm-hmm. the build was basically super deep. So with such concepts, I thought that would apply a few of these to rugby and, you know, have that sports entertainment concept apply to rugby. But it was a bit hard because um, rugby already had its structures, it had its rules, it had its foundation already. And kind of jumping in and trying to create a trying to disrupt the system <laughs> wasn't so easy, much less here in Uganda. So yeah. the best I could do was look out for an industry that had, hadn't yet found, hadn't yet been capped, an industry where creativity wasn't yet steps, defined. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's always good when you mm-hmm. find something. In, it's like when you, find, when you find a baby and then you start mentoring them at that level to become the best thing. Because the, the, the possibilities are there. You know, than getting yeah. someone who's like in his late twenties and trying to, you know, get them to a particular yeah, level. So, yeah, so I think that's how I kind of, you know, managed in with gaming. Just sitting down and look and appreciating the fact that your rugby is where it is right now and changing that would be a bit hard. Why don't you yeah. look at another industry that where you can apply that same creativity that has that same yeah. element of sports and entertainment? And I think gaming fits that that perspective. With without any argument, because it has a sports element from esports and then the entertainment element from gaming. So I mean, just looking at the tool, that's when my journey really started. That's when I kind of locked in. I was like, you know what, this is something I'm grinding out and something I'm investing my time into. And I'm, I mean, we're here now, so I feel like yeah, it's paying off and to pay off, you know, down the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's some solid stuff. But yeah, I mean, yeah. like you said. It doesn't, you don't necessarily have to be like, yeah, I started gaming round one, then at round two, I had my first Game Boy. You don't have to be like that. You can just mm-hmm. jump in anywhere. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. And by the power around, uh, the power around, I'll cut you for a bit, my bad, but I'll just say the power around um, not being part of an industry and then later on being part of it is massive because the perspective you're bringing in from other, other industries plays a key role. You know, let's say if people who have been gaming since they were young, like since their childhood, and this is something that basically been doing even up to now, and they want to build careers around gaming, it would be hard for them to like, um, yes. uh, you know, implement a few things because they have, they have it from one perspective. They have it from the perspective of a gamer or a perspective of gaming because they've been part of the industry. It's always guys who are outside looking in who have massive impact. So, okay, that's like my, that's like my theory that, for someone, if someone like, let's say, someone from music comes into gaming, yeah, yeah. They, they, they must, the, the moment they find out making it click and they bring their loss, the, the lessons that they've picked up from the music industry into gaming, it makes them unique yeah. and they really stand out. And you see it in terms of how they execute yeah. it, you know? So to me, that's, to me, that's yeah, now that, that's what, I, what I call my trade secret. But yeah, that is sometime back. So, yeah. Yeah, that's mm. true. I had a dentist on some time back, so. Mm. Oh, you're a dentist on, crazy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they, 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 they gave you a bit of an analogy from like a, mm. a dentist yeah, he perspective. Yeah, his family had like pushed him towards what? Dentistry and uh, in high school, that's what he had just picked. Yeah. But gaming, that's a, that's a love he had. So he still kept, he keeps doing that, so. 
Yeah, but trust me, it always yeah. like spices it up in a way because you're bringing That's lessons you've learned from multiple other industries into an industry and that makes it yeah. super unique because the field you're in has people who are within that industry and maybe they think the same way, they've watched the same stuff. So it kind of gives you yeah. that spice, that uniqueness and that's competitive to me and I feel like that's what has helped us mm. kind of keep pushing and you see just within our brand, as much as we're building for gaming, if you look at our brand for the first time, you may not think that it's a gaming brand you get because mm-hmm. we're trying to make it relatable to other industries because that's how you kind of convert people. Like, look out, yeah. build out a gaming, then bring those people to gaming is the method that one of the biggest um, personalities in the industry called Optic X, he one of, on his podcast was like, one of the ways you build this industry is by leaving the industry and then coming back with people that you've picked up from elsewhere. You know, it's like you're being a missionary. Yeah. They send you out, bro, go to this country, like just leave. Cause you can't build something from your home. You get, you can't build something from yeah. within. Cause what's the point of us building this around gamers? We already know ourselves. We already know what it is about. How best do we now scale this by converting, getting non-gamers and converting them into gamers. And then how do you now do that? by going to where those people are, which areas are the non-gamers, where, where are most non-gamers, like where they, where do they spend their time? So if anyone's out there looking at, bro, how do I grow, you know, how do I build my career around this thing? Or how do I grow, how do I build a brand or a personality around this industry? Um, I think my best advice would be first leave the industry, go out, build an name for yourself in something else, maybe music, art, business, whatever then come back because you come back with an influence so big. Yeah. You come back with an influence so massive. Imagine you see Elon Musk right now. Imagine Elon Musk goes like a step ahead and, you know, that was down to the gaming industry and creates like, maybe he invests massive or maybe creates an organization or like a, a, a space or something, anything just around game. It will come with a, a massive wave, not just for him, but that wave that he comes in with will impact the entire industry as a whole. You get so that's the power of yeah. like you know going out of the industry, building yourself around something else, and then coming back in. Yeah, so so good stuff. Yeah, that's that's a that's an interesting way of what you're looking at it. But yeah, it's good to have guys from different what with different opinions and views come in, help bring their own unique experience to the mix. Yeah. So how about you, man? Like, I don't know if I ever ask you, but uh, I think I've heard of you. I've, I've yeah. listened to a few podcasts even before, like getting this opportunity to jump on. But how, how, you know, what about, like, what's your, what's your history? What's, I don't know if you forget to ask you this question, but I'm just curious. What's like your build? Yeah, no problem. Uh, oh, like uh, my rig? Sorry? Or no, just like general, how, you, how, how did you get into this history? Yeah, how'd you get in? How'd you get invested oh, in the industry? Right? Uh, gaming yeah. for me, I've been well, I've been gaming for as far back as I can remember. Having my dad in what IT and the mom in uh, printing, basically just being around computers was something I grew up with. Like as far back as I can remember, we've always always had a computer, and with that, we also had like uh, PC gamer magazines. They came with those, uh, you know, those demo CDs. Yeah, 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 the magazines from South Africa. Yeah, so whenever that came, I'm just like, flip through. Ah, I have it. 
Yeah, mm. just put in, play those demos, have fun. Until I think it was until my PlayStation Two arrived. It's when mm. I realized like, yeah, you can actually finish games, play it to the end. Mm. Yeah, because I was more used to the keyboard and mouse before I got a controller in my hand. Mm. Yeah, that's that's my history of gaming. So yeah, yeah. Mm. Like most most people can say like yeah, I started out with Mario, Dangerous Stage, you know. I'm like, yeah, those guys too. Yeah, sure. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the first game that I remember playing was a game called Demon Star. Mm-hmm. It's a sort of a side-scrolling space shooter of sorts. It's sort of like Galaga in a sense, like they're coming mm-hmm. from down and you're down here. You get power-ups, you upgrade your guns. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. one of the first games I played, like massive. Not at the time, Windows 95. Windows 95. I think, yeah. I think I still have the CD of Windows 95 somewhere around here, but yeah. That's crazy, bro. That's super OG, man. (laughs) Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, that's that's for me. Gaming, for me, it's something that I've been doing since I was a kid. So it's just Mm. like a part of me, like gaming. Andrew. Yeah. Mm. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay, um, so I'd like to ask you something more in particular. Like, uh, since you started RDM, I'd like to know what kind of uh, interactions and experiences you've had with uh, other people in the gaming circles. Like, have you been in contact with any other guys that do the same thing? Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, definitely. Um, not just even outside Uganda, massively. Like, I've related more okay. with people in the industry, people involved in the industry, mainly outside Uganda, Kenya, South Africa, Nigeria. Um, okay. You know, sort of like my early, I would say, conversations were with people outside Africa because there wasn't much going on around, you know, gaming and esports locally, to be honest. I feel yeah. like the, the time I jumped into this, that was around like 2019, COVID time, I looked up yeah. like gaming, all I could find was like Gamers Nights. But then just looking them up and trying to find any sort of online or social presence, there was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing, literally. You couldn't find a number to call, DM the people on Twitter, but, you know, no one was really replying. So I didn't really get a, a bit of a feel of what it was here. So I was like, you know what? Well, if this is not here, then, okay, let me try other countries and see what's there. That's when I yeah. got exposed to, like, the Kenyan market. That's when I got exposed to the Nigerian market. And... The Ghanaian market like has massively grown ever since, you know, because I think for the past three years, I've mainly been building, actually past three years, I've been building for outside Uganda. You know, if you look at, if you just okay. go and look at YouTube channel and look at attraction in its early days, mm. most of the guys used to watch and consume our content were guys oh. who are not local, you know. And uh, okay. it was up until this year where I made a decision on like, yo, we need to start now building for local because we've tasted the water of what's outside. And I feel like we're making a mistake of leaving Uganda behind and not, you know, bring it along with us. So we came out this year and just rebranded and, you know, identified as um, identified as Uganda's first professional gaming and esports brand. And yeah, that's kind of how we made it. Even though I've been here for like the past two or three years, I feel like we've been enough for the local scene. So it's only fair that as we're rebranding, we also come out and be like, yo, you know, this is our first time we're doing this and we're making sure we're doing this right by focusing more on the local, focusing more on Uganda and 
you know, just trying to build it up from, you know, from there. So the experience has really been dope because people out there are doing massive stuff, like really impressive stuff, things that you'd sit back and look up to and, you know, one day wish to be in such positions. So I feel like it's a, it's a good experience um, as an experience, but the hardest are many. Um, as much as this gaming, there are so many things involved, really, like around structures, around business planning, around uh, finance, around sustainability. So... It is good to be involved, like waking up. I think when all kids had this dream of, I'm going to grow up and become a, an, a game tester or something. So, yeah, like, it's dope to be within the space. It's dope to come out and be like, yo, I'm building something within gaming. Like, it's just a cool thing to say, but practically it gets tricky because sustaining it is hard, you know. Um, you know, understanding and, you know, the whole HR process is super complicated. Building talent, building a team, maintaining it, sustaining it. Um, all that, all that becomes complicated. That's where now, that's when the, that's where the struggle starts, and it's something we need to really appreciate and just know how to work around the moment we decide that this is a career path we want to take or get involved in. You know, yeah, so that's true. I mean, dope to be honest. Like, I feel happy waking up and I'm like, yo, I think there's this thing of building it around gaming, like. Man, five, five years back, I wouldn't even imagine, you know, like this wasn't a possibility. I didn't even imagine myself being here because, like I said earlier, gaming wasn't something I was doing, doing. Yet. Yeah, that's true. Five like, years ago, no one would have expected no any like, of that. Yeah. Personally, even me, like it wasn't an area I was even looking into at all. Yeah. But the lessons I have learned have been amazing, especially around like marketing and brand building mm-hmm. and just making sure it has kept me on the edge of the future. You understand? Yeah. Like it's one of the things that can organically keep you in the age of the future. Cause like you just read in our, in our description, we always say that one of the reasons why we picked gaming as a route was that it's a massive benchmark for future concepts. If you look at things like VR, AR, the metaverse and all that, yeah. you know, all that mm-hmm. web three, all that, all that's going on in the web three space. A lot of it is being benchmarked off gaming. I mean, yeah. people are right now fighting to build communities. I mean, look at Discord, bro. Everyone's like, do you have a server? Do you have a server? But they must have been in this space for a while. And so many people argue with me whenever I say this, but to be honest, it's the truth, man. If just like the virtual reality concept that everyone's applying, who are the who where was it first applied? You get it was first applied yeah. on a console or like in a game or something, and now it's being applied, you know, into like this massive, this mainstream space of a, a lifestyle. So this is going to shift from just being a thing people do to just have fun and enjoy to a lifestyle because it's going to impact on how some of these modulars are made, how the metaverse is being constructed, the graphics and all that. Like, what would you be doing if you're building a metaverse and it has, it does not match up to the graphics that I've seen maybe um, Ronaldo in FIFA or Messi in FIFA or that I've seen in Call of Duty or that I've seen the WWE or that I've seen in Fortnite you get what would you be doing to create a virtual space yeah. that's going to become our digital lifestyle that does not meet the standards of the graphics that these games are putting out so that's why i'm like it's, it's, it's it plays that, that 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 role in terms of it being that benchmark so yeah man i think that's a bit of the experience i feel like it's has helped me keep up with where the world is going where the world is shifting and it's just amazing to see the lessons i've picked up from this space yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, gaming has come a very long way. No one expected 
that would need. people may still be looking at it as yeah it's a child's plaything but to be honest may just feel like people are just uh well truth be told we're just catching up on honestly because right now there's bitcoin yeah and there's more than bitcoin like bitcoin was popping way before people here knew what but now mm. everyone's like, yeah, Bitcoin this, Bitcoin that, you know? And like, guys, there's not just Bitcoin, there's Ethereum, there's Dogecoin, you know? So mm. when it comes to all of this, like, we just find ourselves playing catch up. And it's not a very good thing being the ones that already left behind, you know? So mm. hopefully, with the way things are going, instead of playing catch up, we are on top of things. We're like, yeah, it's up. Okay, let's go with this. Yeah, let's go. You get right. Mm, and hopefully yeah and hopefully what i'm hoping for is with the way we're doing things now at the very least like what you guys are doing we can now also have africa considered as a viable market because believe it or not i don't think guys like when they're releasing games they even consider like the rest of africa as a whole i don't think they do because it shows with the way the games are priced like mm-hmm. different games have different prices, different, actually even everything as a whole, like you could look for a GPU from here and find that the pricing is not like, suit. it's not like uh, favorable to you. Again, mm. like region wise, you're not even considered as, yeah, we deliver to here. eBay is like, I'm sorry, boss, we don't bring stuff here. Amazon sometimes is like, nope, 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 you get right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think maybe with what we're doing, probably we can put Africa on the map and stop playing catch up. But that shows you one thing, bro. That shows you that it's not, it's not all about just having fun and enjoying this. You get, because yeah. I don't blame these companies, bro. Like the truth is, man, mm-hmm. trust me, like we all say Africa, this Africa, that, but guaranteed, and I know this may come out harsh, but guaranteed, if you're in a different mm-hmm. place, and you're in different shoes and you're looking at a market that's yeah. not viable, a market that has gaps, a market that doesn't have data on it, a market that doesn't have statistics. Why would you ever invest? Yeah. You get what I mean? So Yeah, that's a very like risky, that. risky business business move. I mean, so, someone would come in crazy enough, would do it, but, but right so, now, not so much. Because the thing is, man, we, we, we tag this thing around uh, how we feel and we tag this thing of gaming so much around how what we enjoy and or publishers see us, give us servers and all that. But we don't apply any business knowledge, you know, kind of coming up with some of these um, assumptions. Because to me, I look at it as um, as a business at the end of the day. This, this industry isn't a billion-dollar industry out of just people enjoying and having fun at doing it. I mean, yes, that's how Riot Games started. A group of developers came together and, you know, put up League of Legends and all that. But oh, but the difference is, well, you're right. It's a business, but the difference is enjoyment and making money are two different things. Like, yeah, yeah sure, is, you can yeah, you can do what you love and you'll never yeah. have to work. But the truth of it is that whether you want to or not, you have to at least make a profit whether you want to survive in this business or not. A lot of things that we enjoy now would not be where they are if people did not push themselves to the limit, despite doing what they love, you push yourself. Make that yeah. profit. To make, make it that... better. Oh, yeah. Okay, profit, yes, but to make it better so you can bring in more, in a sense. Mm. But because essentially that's what a business is. Profit, yeah. profit maximization and loss reduction. Yeah. Or cost I, reduction, yeah. 
Yeah, and kind of just making more, like you say, because mm-hmm. you know the more you earn and just reinvest, you reinvest yeah. what you earn, you know, make something better to now look at it from like a long term perspective. Because, yeah. like I was saying before, this industry isn't a billion dollar industry. It's not one of the it's not the biggest entertainment industry just out of you know people enjoying and doing it. It goes back yes. to how marketing. It goes back to how much is being invested. It goes back to how much is you know, being researched on. So I feel like as Africa, we still have like, bro, to be it's not even in our control. Some of this is not even in our control. However much you may want to like grow the industry and do the most. Uh, yeah. The things that just don't apply, like, bro, like what's the valuation of your currency? You get like, those are things publishers look at, not, yeah, that's I mean, true. We, have, mm-hmm. we have a massive player, a massive player base. But if you look at most Ugandans here, man, Literally, a boy sent me a whole list of cracked games. And I'm like, yo, we're contributing zero shillings to these guys' economies. We're just cracking everything. And why are we cracking? It's not because of our man, it's cheap. There's so many reasons why. I feel like we wouldn't be cracking if maybe things were different. We don't crack games because it's in our blood. No. We crack games because we can't just afford some of these titles. It's it's so sustainable for me to buy a game at $60 and then play it for a day or two and I'm done. You get, yeah, but maybe that's true. If, if our currency was valued slightly higher, maybe it would make sense because it wouldn't, it wouldn't like cost me that much to buy a game like Call of Duty. So that's why I look at it from this perspective of yes, we love playing this and want this port to see us, but there's a lot more that has to be built, there's a lot more infrastructure that has to be built mm-hmm. locally. We, I've seen guys write petitions, I'm like, yo, I can only do so much. Yes, you can get their attention. But at the end of the day, even though FIFA knows you and they pro, who doesn't know? Well, I think Alcon is like the biggest. No, no, I don't know if it's the, not the biggest, but, but Alcon is bigger than some of you know those continents out there. But it's not that they don't see us. It's not that they don't know that we're here. And it's not that they don't know that we also have human beings walking. No, they know all this stuff. But it's just that it's not viable from a business perspective to come in and really do the most. If you see most guys that have done stuff within Africa, it's mainly through grants, you know, out of goodwill, mainly foundations. And those that have really sunk deep have started up businesses and, you know, they're really succeeding at them. But the number one thing coming here first was like, you how's the market looking? You get, so yeah. I feel like that's something we need to like appreciate and, you know, preach more to gamers that you guys see. It's more than just, are sitting down and playing and oh I'm in part playing Call of Duty tonight. I have the the whole entire entirety of Naguru playing Warzone. It goes far beyond just that. So those are things we really start looking at if we're to look at this industry seriously and you know start you know picking up a bit of attention from most yeah. of these global stakeholders. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah. What you said is a, what you said is exactly drone. It's right. Because well I had some guys on well, well, two of them so far have uh, built their own type of gaming brand. One of them, the Jewish doctor, he has his own successful thing. He's doing, was it uh, Winning Eleven? It's mm-hmm. a fantasy football. It's a, sort of like a fantasy football kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what, yeah, that's what he's based his whole thing on. It's a good mm-hmm. thing. You should check him out if you can. Eh? Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, a few others. Well, some guys from Kenya, some guys from here, but essentially everyone's just doing their own thing to at least build up gaming brands the way they see it. Mm-hmm. And well, hopefully, yeah, that's a good thing. But yeah, if it helps get the attention we deserve, sure. Mm-hmm. But that shows mm-hmm. at least we're doing something on the ground before we just like, hey, notice me, notice me. We're also here. We play games. You get it. Yeah, that's true. 
All right. Uh, approaching the halfway point, sort of, but. Okay, so now that we've reached the more fun part, mm. so I'd like to know any favorite titles you got, like uh, top five. Uh, personally, like this is super weird. I know you saw guys that I, that um, this is who I am, and they always be like, "Bro, yo, that's weird." The only it's game okay. I this time in is it's okay. Game. It's okay. We'll judge you. We'll judge you harshly. Yeah, you guys just gamers really judge me harshly, but um, I'm a Call of Duty guy, and I feel like that's my space. And mm. I don't, I don't see myself exploring other waters unless code dies tomorrow. But um, um, bro, if you find me playing anything, it can't be anything aside Call of Duty. Because uh, first of all, yes, I appreciate that game, and I uh, and I enjoy it. And I also, it's a game that I find time to play because I can't be so dive so diverse in terms of game that I play this game, I play the other game, all this game is out, let me find ways of playing it because it would affect how you operate in terms of running the business element of this and also coming up with some of these ideas. We spend so much time in the back end and behind the scenes doing this and that and the other. So you, if you find yourself playing so many games, you find yourself maybe putting in more hours than you would be doing in building the brand. So yeah, I kind of narrow myself down to code and just focus on Call of Duty and not look so much elsewhere. And the reason why I picked Call of Duty was because of its cultural relevance. Uh, just like the, the, just like movies and music and pop culture in general, code has that pop culture influence that a few games don't have because I think it has that, uh, that social element to it that's helping it thrive even further than most titles would. So yeah. like, man, you get a four. I mean, it's, it's it's it has that thrill, you know. When you watch an army movie, you get. I think you get the vibe. So, and I feel like it's 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 a big game, bro. You have NF. These are examples I always use: musicians, like big, out, like um, the Migos crew diving in and you know, dialing in a bit of Call of Duty here and there. Uh, you have NBA athletes doing their off seasons, investing so much in Call of Duty, you know. Uh, Anthony Davis literally just joined Nuke Squad uh, a couple months back, and Nuke Squad is like a Call of Duty squad. So that just shows you the power of code and the impact code has from a culture uh, perspective globally. So to me, when I looked at that, I looked at I looked at beauty. I looked at it as art. So that's why I picked code as the title that I would focus my efforts in and just try to get good and later on try to even like start building a personal brand around and you know do a bit of streaming here and there. And, pushing a bit of content here and there. If you look at my Instagram, it's mainly code populated, nothing else. So yeah, I've yeah. seen the, I've seen them. I mean, yeah, you're expecting, yeah, so. you're waiting for what? Modern Warfare 2 to drop. Eh? Bro, now yeah. see that, that hype, yo, like I can't get that same hype with any other title, bro. Like FIFA is coming, but I don't even know what FIFA is coming out. <laughs> I'm not even excited. Like, <laughs> we don't know what FIFA is coming out. That's true. <laughs> FIFA can come to run like, ah, easy. It came out, G, on to the next, you get. But a code can like, today they dropped an update. And I was just invested watching the cinematic and I'm like, you are they bringing back for dance or something? So like, that's like the thrill around uh, Call of Duty. The storylines are super deep and it gets you super invested. Yeah. Uh, it hurts that I'm only, I, I'd say like, I think I've been one in Uganda who like, um, uh, has that much of a thrill to it. Not like yesterday, a bit of, a bit of saga happened within the Call of Duty League community, but mm-hmm. there was no one to kick a bit of banter with. There was no one to like talk to. You know, and that kind of hurts because whenever I like post stuff up, it's only relevant to those that understand. And then, you know, you're gonna really understand. 
So he just kind of hits, he just kind of fucks with me. I'm like, yo, <laughs> excuse my French that bit, but it just kind of puts me in a position of, I wish there were other people invested in Call of Duty like I was, because it would make more sense to like have these conversations. And don't get me wrong, that people that do play code, I have a squad of boys that we jump on. I mean, Aridem's foundation was, was a Call of Duty, literally. Uh, yeah. But now I'm just looking at like, the esports perspective of like the CDL, the Call of Duty League. We don't have a massive audience locally for that, but. At the end of the day, I feel like it's growing and uh, we kind of have to do our part and make sure that it grows. But yeah, man, code has that thing and it has its position. I don't think I'll, any other title would come in and replace that for sure. Oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, I mean, some, well, on WhatsApp, I mean, some code what? Some code uh, community. So I think maybe I'll, if I get the link, I'll send it to you. So yeah, you can have like, some people to, well, on the wave. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, well, uh, it's mostly mob, code mobile, of course, but yeah. still a community. I think it's code is, is wide because now it's so hard yeah. to describe with the, 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 the code mobile scene because mm. it's like its own game at the end of the day. You know, it has yeah. its own lines, it has its own build, it has its own speed, like different play style. Yeah. Know? So it becomes a bit tough. But I would say there's no Warzone or Call of Duty player out there in Uganda that I don't know. You get what I mean? So that's yes. just how like how small that the by player I mean someone who actually at least jumps on twice or thrice a week. Mm-hmm. So it down or even has like was or no plays was not actively. At least I know most of these guys. So it narrows yeah. down the, the that just shows you how few uh community members we have for Ozone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it still has its its impact moving forward. Okay, okay, cool. Hey I love code just as much as anyone though, but like I said, like you said, it's not about jumping for every game that comes out. Yeah, this, yeah, that. You get, you get, to, you have to make time. Mm. Yeah. For me, well, I, have an, I have a whole array of games I like, but I take time on one game, finish it, I rest, then we move on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have a few games under my belt. RPGs, FPSs, you, know, you yeah. name it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some puzzle games here and there because, well, that's a very welcome distraction, you know? Yeah. Something to flex your mental gymnast, your, your mental what? Capacity. So, mm. other than that, gaming's for everyone, but yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. I think that's, yeah, I think we're done. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Thank you for uh, stopping by. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. I really love what you're doing and I uh, would want to see how we can help you out and keep pushing. I think I've had okay. a friend of mine called Marcus told me about you sometime back when you had him on the show. That's uh, Mackenzie. Called. Marcus, 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 Marcus Phillips. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, his, his thing is Mackenzie. So we're like, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Marcus yes. is one of the reasons I think that's how I got to meet you and good. That's actually good to know about you. So yeah, we're actually working uh, and uh, I mean, we had a few conversations about, you know, your platform. Um, mm. So it's good to see what you're doing. I really appreciate the fact that you, you know, you've kept consistent. I keep, your server is growing. I feel like all these have been your hosts. So yeah, <laughs> you to see that I'm mostly now part of the chat. <laughs> <laughs> but this is late. Yeah. At, least, at least now looking through like the list, I know Eugene, I know Sesmo, Shockwave, uh, Definitely, Hyper. Now I know you, Marcus. So yeah, yeah. 
I think even I just not. I think I know he's a Kenyan, right? Kyle Spencer. Ah, yeah. Okay. And we went to school. Yeah, we went to what? We were in college together. That's how we actually met. Ah, nice. Yeah. yeah for actually, it's thanks to it's thanks to him that I know quite a few Kenyan gamers on the other side of the spectrum. Really. Wait. So wait. You said with him here or from that side? Uh, from you... Nairobi. Uh makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So oh, all the guys from no, most of the guys from uh, One Up Elite and uh, Two Five Four Gamers, mm-hmm. yeah. Thanks to him. That's sweet, bro. That's sweet. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all that Kenyans listening, bro. We really appreciate what you guys are doing. In that yeah. space. Yeah. All right, cool, bro. Thank you so much. For all right. Me. Yeah. Thanks uh, for stopping by. Good night, eh? All right, man. Cheers.